Okay, we're going to try this, and we're going to see what the heck happens. John, are you there? John? I'm here. Okay, talk a little bit more. Hey, Brad, I'm here. Okay. I'm ready to go. It's the most consequential 1120 since KMOX. <laughs> I, I don't quite think that's the case. I, <laughs> I got to do a couple little adjustments here. Hold on a minute. Okay, right. do that, do that for me, and... And so, okay, this is something brand new with a new studio in the whole bit, and we are trying to work out the bugs even as we speak. And bugs, matter of fact, I think I may need to call Orkin because we've got quite a few bugs in here, but that's a whole other story. Okay, so I am Brad Hildebrand. That is John Combest, correct? Good morning. Good morning. And, I am John Combest. And John is like the political, what, what do you say? You call yourself the political prov- provocateur. Is that what you say? It's much better than insider or outsider or, <laughs> or you know, lobbyist or campaign guy or whatever. Provocateur is good. Isn't you know? that? I provoke people. Isn't that what, uh, what was the guy on uh, Donnie Brook? Martin Dugan and Donnie Brook. Yes, isn't that what he called His himself? His title was, and that was an homage. It's, a, it's an homage to Martin Dugan. So, and, and Martin is unfortunately no longer with us, correct? Right. That's yeah. correct. And right? he did, if you know what we're talking about, is that show still on? It is technically still on. Um, <laughs> technically. I think they have a, um, you know, in the 1980s, the Cardinals had what they called the bullpen by committee. Yeah. Where just whatever they needed at any given moment, they grabbed somebody right. out of the bullpen to pitch. Uh-huh. And I think that's what, what Donnie Brook is today. But but technically, I believe it's still on the air. and they, And they've had a... A rotating host of um, cast of seat warmers on that show since Martin left. Now, is is Ray Hartman still there? He, I believe he still does. I know he doesn't do his show on St. Louis's KTRS anymore, um, but I believe he's on there. Do you know? I, I've 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 met him a few times, and you know, I have to tell you, sometimes you see things that and and you experience things from other people that you you live through somewhat vicariously he's been always an interesting entrepreneur with um what he started the riverfront times wasn't he that did. his deal yep. and then sold it right you know he declared bankruptcy a couple of years ago did you know that he did yeah and in the write-up that, that talks about the the end of his show you know ray acknowledges that and talks a little bit about you know some of the financial difficulties well, I have a quick Ray Hartman story. Well, uh, let, let, hold that for a minute because I, yeah. I, I do want to hear it. But he bought St. Louis Magazine, and somebody told me that, and he also bought a magazine that came along with it, which was like a home decor, interior designer kind of magazine. Yeah, they have they had like some kind of a sister publication, I think. Right. right. It was that what his undoing was. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure if if that's what it was or Wait. not. Um, I don't know. I mean, I do know that he, you're right. I mean, he invested in that magazine and then I'm not sure what happened. If you remember, there was a period of time in the, in the mid two thousands where St. Louis had St. Louis magazine was super popular. There was a magazine called Alive magazine. Oh yeah. I remember that. And yeah. everywhere you went, people were talking about these. They had the local paparazzi shots. Right. Right. And it right. was really the, the hip in crowd was into these magazines and you just don't the only time i see a st louis magazine anymore is if i'm waiting at a doctor's office well once again isn't that sort of the the um um, what do you say fallout from the internet i mean is absolutely (laughs) because if, if it was 2003 and you like to look at attractive young couples 
or let's say specifically attractive young women or attractive young men, whatever you're into, you could pick up the new Alive magazine or St. Louis magazine and see what all the beautiful people in St. Louis are doing. And now you just, you open Instagram. <laughs> That's what you do now. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's, I'm still, uh, oh, I, oh, you know what? I, I told you to hold off a minute. Give me, give me the Ray Hartman story and then I'll tell you my, my old school ways. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I'll give you the quick story. So back in 2008, I was asked to come on Donnie Brook. This is when Martin was still around. And uh, dude, they had an election night special and it was awesome. And I grew up watching Donnie Brook with my parents. And I was able to have my, my dad actually watch the live stream. My mom had already passed, but my dad was able to watch the live stream. I was really proud of that. And it was so funny because my dad couldn't stand watching Ray Hartman on TV and would always talk back to Ray Hartman. And Ray Hartman couldn't have been kinder and couldn't have been more complimentary and frankly flattering to me. And it was so disappointing that I had to tell my dad that Ray Hartman actually seemed like a really good guy. Like I broke my dad's heart with that news. So Ray's always been cool with me. Um, it was it was a shame to see him go from KTRS. Well, it's so so Ray was nice to you on the show. Was that? Yeah, well, I don't know about on the show. Like we, I remember there was a governor's race that year, but but prior to the show just a really kind man. And then over the years when he would have a, you know, if I would write something, you know, I, I would get some feedback from Ray or if Ray wrote a column, Ray would always send me a link to his column. Um, so yeah, I, he's, he's always been good with me in my book. Did your dad go with you when you were on the show? Is that how you, you No, my dad was actually visiting my sister out of town. Oh, okay. So my dad, my dad didn't get a chance to go, but oh. he was able to watch the live stream. Would, would he have wanted to go? Yeah, probably. I did and, too. and, you know, we went to, um, they did, again, when Martin was still around, they did Donnybrook Live or Donnybrook in person. They had something like that. And it was a huge in person event. And tickets were um, probably priced a little bit too high for a nonprofit fundraiser. But my dad and I went anyway and got a chance to watch. We didn't talk to Martin or any of the folks that oh, night. Okay. But, um, you, you yeah, it was, you know, it's one of those um, tearjerker things that I grew up watching it with my parents and, and to, to be honored to be asked to be on the show was was really cool. You just said something. The price, the tickets were too high for a nonprofit event. Is that what you said? Absolutely. Saying? Okay, amplify on that a little bit because, <laughs> see, I, you know, you and I are uh, either fortunately or unfortunately through the course of this show are going to get to know each other. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And I have a problem with non for profits. I really do. Mm -hmm. And and I guess what I see is I see first off. They don't pay any taxes, okay? And yep. they don't pay real estate taxes. And in our industry, the not-for-profits, the God Squad operators, the religious stations, they don't pay any fees. And all the rest of us broadcasters pay Absolutely. fees, which keeps going higher and higher and higher. If we have to file a modification to adjust our, you know, put a different antenna up, we have to file an yep. application with the FCC, and we have to send and, along and a Brad fee. And Brad is living through that. Brad is living through it right now, aren't right, you? Right, right, right. You're, you're going through that paperwork now. The religious. The, the interesting thing, and and my favorite response from public radio people is when they say that they don't directly get taxpayer money, which is BS, which is technically true because it's funded through the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, which then gives money to your local St. Louis Public Radio and others. Yeah, but so when they say they don't directly receive taxpayer money, it's correct. They get it through an intermediary, 
but they still get taxpayer money. Well, that's not even true because of the fact they're all employees of the University of Missouri system here in St. Okay, Louis. Well, yeah, you're right. So Brad's right in the case of St. Louis Public Radio. You're absolutely right, Brad. They're, they are employees there. But other NPR stations use that additional layer as a rationalization for why they don't directly receive taxpayer subsidies. Well, you and I could talk about this all day long because what's interesting about it is I do, do listen a lot to NPR. Matter of fact, the interview I do did with you earlier where I threw out, you know, you were throwing out the NGO and I go, oh, whoa, whoa, hold, explain right. what NGO was. And, and I even said to you, I said, you know, they use that term all the time on, on, on <laughs> NPR. And, and you were like, I don't listen to NPR. What I find is, I find, like, for example, they have some very interesting programming that I really, 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 really enjoy. They've got a thing called, have you ever heard, listened to Planet Money? Yeah, I was featured on Planet Money. Were I'm, you I'm a really? big fan of Planet Money. You're not a big fan of Planet Money? No, I said I am. Oh, okay. Well, I think that that kind of programming is really interesting. But my problem is, and I'm going to get myself in trouble for saying this, that you know, you know what a drinking game is, right? If you're going to watch TV Absolutely. and, and you know, like I allegedly participated in many in college, right? And there's a key word or a phrase or something that every time it's being said, yeah. you take a drink, right? Um, you could right. get drunk in about 30 minutes on any usual day of NPR when they talk about anything to do with sex, because Every guest on NPR is at some point in time, and we're talking with Joe Smith, who has got his new book out, and and then Joe's, and by the way, Joe is is transsexual. And go, okay. <laughs> right. And it's like, right. Oh, can you get any straight people on this radio station? Can you get anybody who's just like a normal Joe, so to speak? But anyway, okay, <laughs> I'm I'm going off on tangents. You'll 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 notice that about me. Okay, so. Um, going back to the, and I'm, you know what, if we're going to try to do this show the way we're going to do it, and I, I've got you the full, for the whole hour, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do the breaks because I still haven't formatted this. This is inside baseball kind of stuff. Anyway, I'll worry about that in a minute. Um, anyway, uh, yesterday, listening to NPR, they had some really interesting shows on, and one of them was... Which is sort of a crazy story about, this was, I think, on Planet Money or on Radio Lab or something like that, a guy who got the California license plate null, N-U-L-L, okay? Okay. Yeah. And the whole show was about the word null because, are you familiar with the usage of null in computer programming? Yes. Yeah, so well, doesn't that cancel out any sort of... Well, yes. So yeah. what happens was they said there's a certain way when you write code that if you put null, and I'm not a coder, but I think this is how they explain it, that when you write null and you put null in parentheses, and null is essentially a programming language, which essentially, like you said, means nothing. In other words, it's not a zero, it's just empty space. Yeah. If, if you look at a spreadsheet, like for, for example, if you look at an Excel spreadsheet and you go through the cells, if a cell has nothing in it, no formatting, no numbers, no, no, no punctuation, that essentially is a null cell. Well, they started yeah. off the show by calling by talking about this guy who got the license plate. He applied for the California license plate because he was a computer programmer of null. And over the course of like several months, he got thousands, thousands, and thousands of parking tickets <laughs> mailed to his house, okay? And because mm. of the fact that in computer language, if there was no license plate, 
entered, like let's say it was an abandoned car, and they put a no, uh, put a a, a, um, a parking uh, 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 ticket on the car, that when it went through the computer system, it was him because he was null. Interesting. And then they went through the thing with these people whose name, their last name was Null, and they had like four or five people who told the exact same story about getting, I think the one guy one day got like, uh, it was like crazy. He got a notice from the post office that he had 20,000 pieces of mail, and it was from some computer or some company that had mailed out a bunch of statements and any, if there was anything to do with null, he it ended up being mailed to him, you know. And and yeah. we'll see once again, that's the kind of thing like on NPR that I really enjoy. But uh, you know, you being the political provocateur, they're about as as left as you can get. And let's be honest, I think if you went over to KWMU today, St. Louis Public Radio, and you injected every, any, everybody with sodium pentothal. I don't mm-hmm. think you'd find anybody who voted for Trump. Do you think so? Yeah, I I think it would be very rare. First of all, they wouldn't admit it, and they couldn't be free to admit it in well, that no. environment. We, so we, I wrote back in August, I wrote a column for the Missouri Times uh, called How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Media. And I talked about how when when you look more deeply at something like St. Louis Public Radio, in their very specific case, they have a diversity ceiling. So if you're a, a white man, the chances that you'll be promoted through – if you're a straight white man, the chances that you'll be provo- <laughs> promoted through the ranks based on data is very slim. And so they have an outstanding reporter there, Jason Rosenbaum, who was passed over for two promotions um, in favor of folks who check multiple diversity boxes. Now, after writing that column and publishing that column in August, last month Jason was awarded finally – his own show, The Politically Speaking Hour on St. Louis Public Radio. So there is there is still quality reporting going on in St. Louis Public Radio, but it's but it's through Jason. But but see, here's boy, I could turn this into a whole show. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, we gotta take a break. We gotta pay some bills here. Uh, you're listening to <laughs> Do I dare say this? Say uh, it. Hold on. They'll I, love it. Where am I at? Hold on, I gotta see where I'm at. Okay. Hold on a minute. Okay, I'm right here. Okay, um, we're listening. You're listening to the um, maiden voyage of. And should we even say say what the name of the show is going to be? Well, it's the Brad and John show, right? The Brad I mean, and John show. That's the that's the official name. That is, and it would be it would be John and Brad. If your name was Brad, you'd be first. But I just I just took the lead role because it's B and J. Absolutely, it's your show. It's show, and 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 you know Egbert, and I don't know Egbert. I know Egbert very well. Uh, you're listening to the inaugural run of this as we slowly transition this radio station into uh, something that it hasn't been. If you've been listening for a while, it's podcast. Or if you've been listening for the past couple of weeks, we have an interesting lineup of talk show hosts at eight o'clock. We have Armstrong and Getty uh, from. New, they go till t- to noon, from noon to three, Eric Erickson, and then from three to six, we have Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins, which is three dudes sitting around. It's What's interesting about it is they're three different generations. Do you know this about these three guys? I didn't know that. No, I didn't yeah. realize that. One guy is like a boomer. One guy is like a millennial, and one one I think is one guy is an X. I think he was born in like nice. eighty four or something nice. like that. So you got like you got like a a guy I believe, and Scott Robbins is the the older gentleman in in the show. 
Scott Robinson, Scott Robbins, once once upon a time spent, I think, six months in the hospital. He had two near fatal heart attacks, like like I think the same day and almost died and now he's made this miraculous recovery so they do the show where it's like three generations and what i love about it is it's sort of like going to the bar and hearing you know and sitting at the bar and having three guys next to you that are friends and sort of eavesdropping on what they're talking about because they do talk politics but they talk all sorts of crazy stuff anyway that's coming up today so john and i are going to be the morning show although john's only going to be on for an hour right that's (laughs) right we'll do seven to eight o'clock right seven eight o'clock so i still don't know what we're going to do between six and seven i haven't figured that out yet uh i'll have the meeting with egg burton we'll talk about that so we're going to take a break it's 725 